Hi everybody, welcome back to Let's Talk PMA, where we focus on the four C's of mental toughness. Confidence in yourself and your abilities. Control of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Commitment to yourself, your team, and your sport. And challenge, to accept all challenges as opportunities, not threats. Good morning. We are back and having Quentin Parnell, golf coach, on today, and we're happy to have him back. Quentin, if you would like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Uh, my name is Quentin Parnell. I'm the head men's and women coach at Columbia Basin College. Uh, I am the golf professional at Meadow Springs Country Club, and uh, I teach with the Golf Academy of Washington. So second year uh, being the head coach at uh, Columbia Basin and been a professional now for almost seven years. So this is your second year with the golf team at CBC. And did you, how much did you learn and how much did you see growth in the kids from last year till now this spring as you start going again? Uh, I learned a lot. Like there was a lot to learn about, about the personalities um you know even even being you know i'm 27 so uh there's a lot to learn that between my generation and and the current generation there's a lot of we have to talk differently um and just kind of learn the best way to communicate with them and then just learn to communicate you know uh, with each individual player correctly so just a lot of that a lot of trying to understand um, a lot more patience is needed for me that's probably one of my weaknesses is uh, trying to be more patient. Um, so learned a little bit there, but at the end of the year, um, from where we started to where we ended, we improved a lot. So, um, so it was a successful year. So I'm excited for this year. Yeah. So just a quick question. You said that, um, you have to talk differently. Mm. What is that? Um, you know, like in, in my normal day to day, I deal with generally like people older than me, quite a bit older than me. So going from that atmosphere to an atmosphere of, you know, players quite a bit younger than me, um, you just got to learn the right way to communicate with them. And, you know, just figuring out, you know, one of the learning curves was there's a lot of words right now that I don't even know what they mean. And so trying to learn that stuff, that's a, that's part of learning how to communicate and, um, you know, just not being, not being the old grumpy guys I'm used to be more of, you know, understanding of what we're trying to say and things are a little bit just different you know it's not right or wrong or left or right it's just learning the different way to communicate with a generation that i really just don't spend a lot of time with um in my day-to-day -day. yeah i get that <laughs> i get that i deal with that same thing even just the tiny talks you know like the the younger kids you know the elementary school kids they're uh kind of hard to talk to sometimes and super random a lot of the times too and so it's like I don't really know what to say to you so I'm just gonna let you do the talking and I'm just gonna I'll respond to whatever you have to say <laughs> so how do you bridge that generational gap when you're working with younger you know younger generations you a lot younger and you just maybe one generation younger um for me it's just like I ask a lot of questions I let them feel like they teach me um you know and we try to have an open dialogue where it's a you know help me help you you know and so that that's my approach to it is you know let it be a lot more about hey what's what's going to help you grow um and let me help you in the way that helps you so i just i ask a lot of questions you know uh 
like you learned what mid was the other day. I didn't know what that meant uh, after asking somebody how their meal was. And so I said, can you please explain to me what mid means? And I learned that it means just average or okay. So, you know, just being okay, being the, being out of the loop. So, and just trying to learn it. It's almost like a new language sometimes, but just ask the questions and hopefully one day I'll have a, I'll have my cheat sheet of all the words and I'll have them down and I can understand. You'll never have it because every day there's a new word. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll never have it. No, I get that. Like, I mean, for me, a lot of like the generation that you deal with is closer to my age. So I deal with that and I feel like it's easier for me to kind of bond with them because I feel pretty similar to them. Like I still feel old because I don't always understand what they're saying, but talk like that around you because I know you don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like the younger kids, most of the time when it comes to things like that, I just try to figure out instead of like, because you know, you get the really young kids, they aren't really, you can't really ask them like the questions, you know, like Mm -hmm. they don't always know so most of the time I just kind of like listen and figure out myself why are they saying these things like at this moment because most time I'm like that has nothing to do with what is going on like I was playing one of these uh passing games with a kid yesterday and he's I don't know he's maybe like fifth fourth fifth grade or something and all of a sudden he was like 12 plus 12 is 24 And I was like, you're right. You're so right. (laughs) And then he started just spurting off math. And I was like, cool. That's awesome. (laughs) So it's just kind of like dealing with it. Not, I mean, not really dealing with it, but just saying like, okay, sometimes they just want someone to listen, like to listen to them because they don't always get that. Um, But it just, I mean, every kid's a little bit different in that aspect. Do you guys feel that, um, the mental toughness, I guess, from what we're, what we talk about all the time, but do you feel because the, the generational language gap is different? Do you feel like the mental toughness gap is different too? Like how they perceive it, how they go after it, what did they even think about it? Mm, I don't know if there's a gap. I just think it's different. I think you grow and you change and, you know, I think it really comes down to per person, but like I don't necessarily think that, you know, there's a common perceptive or statement of like, well, this generation's a lot less tough than, you know, older generations. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think that they're tougher in different ways than we are and what we perceive as toughness versus what they have. Like they're just different tools. And I just think that they have different tools than we have. I think they're, you know, to their credit, they're a lot more emotionally knowledgeable than I feel even that you know I was growing up I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff and they do which I think it can become a tool for them as well they can recognize themselves and I think they learn and accept themselves a little bit faster than I think that I did um, growing up so do I think it's a gap no I just think it's different and so I think we I try to use my tools and the way that's my mental toughness or what I view that as toughness you know I try to give and teach them that aspect and then you know, except that I need to learn and be better on their side too. So it's, you know, it's a give and a take on each side and learning from each other. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I don't think that it's really a gap at all. I think that it's just different, you know, and like little kids, I mean, 
they're going to be emotional. You know, like there's kids that are just going to have more emotions. They're going to be more competitive and they're going to, you know, have those emotions and they're just going to happen. You have to be able to use that to your advantage. You know, like I had a kid who's super, super emotional and getting competitive and everything. And I was like, okay, when you get angry and frustrated, do you play better or worse? Well, I play worse. Okay. Well then you need to stay calm. We can't get angry because you are going to play worse. And it's so having that emotional knowledge, using it to your advantage is not only going to help you connect with them, but also them keep growing and learning and becoming emotionally intelligent. Yeah. And so how do you, Quentin, as you've seen your team for the first year, you know, they were working on their mental toughness, you know, especially the last, um, in the spring last year, um, did you see a difference in how they, they already are tuned into the you know, their emotions already. So it was very easy for them to learn. But did you see a difference in them on the course and how they dealt with different situations that were harder? Um, over time, there ended up being there. It was just like in golf, you just have to find the right situation. And it becomes a situational-based thing. Like one of my players last year uh, was playing absolutely his best round of the season. Um you know, he was playing really well and then he had about two holes left to play and the rest of the team had finished other than him. So myself and the team, we go over to watch him because he's playing so well. Like, I want to watch him finish the last few holes. Well, it was a par three over water. And as soon as he had realized that we're all there, uh, all of the nerves kicked in, all of the distractions kicked in and he ended up hitting a terrible shot, uh, made a large number on the hole. Um, and then finished the last two holes pretty strong, which, you know, shows to where he grew. But then the conversation for, for us was like, hey, we need more of these situations. You know, like you learn from here, like you were able to identify like, yeah, that really affected me that you're all there. This is what made me feel. This was my focus. And I was like, well, you shouldn't be frustrated that you made the big hole or the big number on that hole. But like you should be take it as a learning opportunity. And next time when this scenario comes, we can hopefully at least handle it better. Maybe we don't hit it in the water. Maybe we don't like hit those original terrible shots. Maybe it still bothers us, but we can get through it a little bit better than before. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to say is we need to practice pressure. So we want to find as much pressure situations as we can find things that kind of pull you off of your day to day, not make your environment so comfortable. I want to make it as uncomfortable as possible and figure out, can you mentally make it through that? So we use a lot of like team pressure on each other. We try to create performance anxiety to the best of our ability on the golf course, whether it's competitions or just whatever it needs to be, but trying to create that uncomfortable environment for them because they've got to see it and feel it. So that way they can learn you know, what's their tools to get through it. Yeah. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. That's what mm -hmm. I say. Yeah. So how are you going to get out of that comfort zone? How are you going to grow if you don't feel uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's such a strong tool for anybody um, in any situation, you know, we can all be comfortable in light situations that are easy, but it's those hard situations that we all have to deal with in anything and that we have to learn how to manage our anxiety, manage our, you know, just how, what am I going to do? Everyone's watching me. I don't want to screw up because I don't want to fail. And so I think, you know, we talked about failure and what that means. And, you know, when you have everyone's eyes on you, I don't want to fail. I don't want to look like an idiot. Right. 
And so to put them in that situation all the time and learning that failure is okay, it's really just learning how to deal with the pressure. Yep, exactly. So can you describe in your professional golfing experience a time when you had like a mental struggle and how you overcame it? There's a lot of them. Um, like pick one that, that stands out. <laughs> There's a, every day is a mental struggle out there. Um, probably one of my favorites, and I share this story a lot, especially with my players. Um, you know, in college, I played an event where, you know, felt pretty confident going into it. I was playing overall pretty well that season, was having a good year. Uh, went to this event and, um, you know, opening tee shot, had a great tee shot down the middle. And then, you know, it was really kind of, it was a par five. I was really thinking that we were going to start off really hot. Uh, and I ended up shanking it out of bounds and making triple on the opening hole, which was pretty brutal. Um, kind of shook it off, continued on to the next hole. Ended up continuing to have these struggles through the entire front nine. Uh, it was 11 over par on the front and it was like that's probably the most atrocious nine holes I'd played in absolute years. Um, finally made it through. I think I parred the last hole. And I remember I just went into the clubhouse. I went into the bathroom. I just like sat there for a minute. I took a wet paper towel, wiped my face off, just gave myself a minute. And I was like, okay, we're not, we're not playing like this today. Like we're, we're going to change game plans. We're going to change how we're going to operate, but we're not, we're, we're going to turn this around. Like, and it was just, a moment to move away from it, take a second to breathe. And then we went through on the back nine and ended up shooting five under in the back. So that kind of turnaround is, is realistically one of my favorite rounds They're actually probably the best round of golf I've ever played to switch it that quickly. Um, and, you know, and even shooting five under in the back, I didn't play all that well. I uh, didn't hit it all that well. I just made better choices uh, and just changed the game plan and adapted to, we don't have it today, but we're going to make something happen today. Um, and so that was probably one of my favorite, but it just that was a big learning moment of just sometimes, you know, as you start to run down this road of not playing well or struggling or things are just not going the way that you want, it can become a frantic freight train where you just continue to go and you think faster and you move faster and you panic and you get down and there's just like, it just feels like chaos all around you, but just to whether it's just this pause for a second, you know, or other sports, you know, just hey, like when you check out, like just take a minute or just something, take that break to reset, to clear your mind, to just, you know, slow the freight train down and just, Hey, maybe plan A doesn't work, but what does plan B look like? What, what can I do differently? Um, you know, instead of playing offensive golf, play more decent defensive golf, right? Play smarter, um, change up the game plan, you know, make something happen and, and, so that was probably the most educational round I think I've ever played. And so do you take that lesson, you know, you said you sell that story a lot. Do you take that lesson to your kids when they get on that freight train and they're just out of control? Do you take that to them and say, hey, listen, take a second, take a break? Yeah, we do that on course a lot. So when we go into events, I'm able to caddy for them. Um, so we walk through holes together. And so I usually you know, inevitably I end up spending more time with the players struggling than the players playing well. Um, so I usually find those players and if we hit a bad shot, you know, it's like, Hey, like we can still make something happen from here. Or, you know, even if it's out of bounds or even if it's a penalty, or even if it's just, you know, we really put ourselves in the worst place possible. Well, it's at this point, yes, it's a par five, but where you put it now, it's par six. All right. So if we make a double, we made a great score. 
what we don't want to do is compound mistakes, make another one because we're thinking too quickly. Like let's let's make a smart decision. Let's put the ball in play. Let's get somewhere where we can recollect ourselves and refocus. Let's get out of the trap. And then let's make a, a game plan from there, whether it's, Hey, I'm just going to punch it out into the fairway into a good yardage. And then let's figure out the shot from there. Or if it's, Hey, let's just get it on the green somewhere and let's just rely on our putting and then just resets. And then at that point, if it's, you know, we just look at where, what part of the game is struggling and then we try to adapt our game plan to, Hey, well, you know, off the tee is a, is a struggle or putting is a struggle. Okay. Well, we're too, too hard or too soft. Well, let's make adjustments. Let's feel and let's think differently. And so giving them a moment to think about that and just tools on course too, we can change game plans and it's okay. That's awesome. I think as a coach, it's important to be able to see and be able to just know that you can help your kids make that adjustment and know that it's not, you know, be able, not something that's harsh. That's not, you know, you're doing a terrible job, you know, fix it. And, but you're there to actually coach them and to actually get them out of their head and back into their, you know, positive mental game. Well, and, you know, like in more like live play sports, like football, basketball, things like that. Also being a coach, it's so, it's so important to be able to like stop and recognize, okay, this player is getting frustrated. So they're making more mistakes. Okay. Are they going to pull themselves out or do I need to take the time to sit them down, give them a break, let them get water, talk to them and then put them back in, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of times, a lot of coaches are like, Oh, we'll just leave them in. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Well, there's not really any time to figure it out when you're in, you know, those like quick situations and things like that. It's like, if you make a mistake, it's just going to get worse. So it's it's really important to make sure that you do like with those kinds of sports, be able to take them out, even if it's for 30 seconds, take them out, let them get water, say what they what you ever need to say, let them take a breath and then you can put them back in. Yeah, absolutely. My world's a little bit different. We game plan more and it's not as much live action, but we have the time to make adjustments. But we, you know, we during the round it's a support it's a make it through it and then the preparation is make the right decisions you know like we try to you know in my world it's about being smarter golfers you know like we call it adult golf it takes a long time to learn how to play adult golf like where you know you don't hit driver on every hole you start to make better choices you look at the the hole that's got tree line on right right and left or out of bounds or water and you know we position our golf ball we play a shot that takes you know takes that out of play we try to take the, you know, the areas of mistakes out of play, you know, how can we do that? Whether we position our yardage, you know, shorter or longer or left or right or what have you, um, even shot shapes, depending on the player, but, you know, try to use those to take those away and give you a bigger area, you know, f- for room for mistake because golf is extremely an imperfect game. And so it's about making the course as easy as can be for you and not penalizing yourself. So how do you, as a coach, say you're one of your um, players just couldn't pull himself out, you know, Mm -hmm. and just ended up with a terrible round all around and they're upset at the end, at the end. What do you, as a coach, how do you deal with that? Um, I don't think, I don't think a bad round defines anybody. And I think that that's one of the more common things is a player looks at the, the round that they shot and all their peers look at the number and they go, Oh my goodness, like he's a good player. And he's like, how embarrassing or, you know, even if you're 
you know, in a trend where you're shooting a bunch of bad numbers, like can just, it starts to become even showing up without confidence because you know that your peers feel like they're looking down upon you because, well, you're terrible, you know, well, you know, and that's kind of a lot of the way that golf can be. Um, but it's more of just say, like, you just understand the the road that you're on, right? Like if you're working on your game or you're making swing adjustments or you're trying to play different ways and like those things take time. And so I always just remind them like it's a journey. So we're on a journey. And so your performance today or your number doesn't necessarily define where you're at on your journey. You know, whether you played great or you played poorly, like it doesn't define necessarily where we're at on our journey. Our journey is a walk and we just keep walking. And, you know, if you shoot a terrible number, but you, you know, made all the right decisions and you just made a couple bad swings or you made a, you know, maybe one or two choices or you lost focus and you made a couple too many mistakes. Like that doesn't define that we're off the road that we're walking. It just means that we're, we still have more to go. And so it's just a reminder of you're walking a road, you just keep walking it and you give yourself patience and you give yourself grace. And after time, like you'll, you'll reach where you want to be at some point, as long as you keep walking the road. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you make an adjustment, it's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, for like basketball, I'll make an adjustment on a shot. And maybe it works that first shot that you do, you know, you take with that adjustment. It's perfect. But then the next couple shots, it's not working. It's bad. It was really bad. It's like, okay, don't go back to the old habits. Doesn't mean change anything. You have to stay on track because it takes time. It takes time to break the old habits and it takes time to make new ones. It takes consistency and practice. So sounds like, um, Quentin, it sounds like you've had lots of practice with your journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, uh, you know, my last probably six years, my playing career has been pretty mellow. I don't play a lot of golf. Um, so trying a little bit more this year to get into it again. And it's been, a lot of just accepting that we have to walk the journey again. You know, when you step off the road for a long time, you go backwards a long ways. And so, you know, you know, a lot of just even telling myself that we don't have to look at the number. We just have to look at what, what did we do on course? What adjustments did we make? What good things did we did? You know, and, you know, I went and played an event this year and just shot atrocious numbers and like came home and said, you know, like I was very happy with what I did. You know, I don't like, don't like the score. I don't like a lot of the things that I did, but there's a lot of good adjustments. There was good improvements. And so like, even for me, just walking the road, um, you know, I just played a golf course the other day uh, in just terrible wind, uh, really hard golf course, uh, like a link style up in uh, Walla Walla playing at Wine Valley, uh, played in some huge winds and, you know, made some putting errors, but just really, really played the course very well for how windy and, and tough it was made a lot of, you know, felt like I was really walking the road, you know, walking down my journey. And so I'm just, you know, like from where the first event was with terrible, like scores to where we've progressed today, um, you know, like it just feels like we're walking the right direction and just got to keep giving myself patience. And, you know, that's the same thing I tell all the players is even if, you know, you're only in college or you're freshman in college, you're still just starting your journey. You know, even if you're not making swing changes, you're still learning how to be a smarter player better player handle pressure better you're still walking the road but you just got to keep keep learning and getting better I think that's really important like what you were saying about how you looked at the entire round instead of 
just looking at the bad things that you did. And I think that's like the easiest way to go about it for any game or any round or match or whatever that you have. It's so easy to just look at all of the negatives that you did, all the, you know, terrible things that you could have done better. It's And it's easier to remember a lot of those. It's not as easy to remember all of the good things that you did. So I think that's really important, you know, to remember is that you have to look at everything as a whole. Remember the good things that you did. Remember the things you struggled with and how you're going to do better next time. Do you think that um, changing your mindset to the thoughts of it's just a journey, I'm just learning, I'm growing. Do you think having that switch in your mindset instead of always concentrating on what you did wrong to I'm just learning, I'm growing, I'm getting back into it. Do you think that that's helped your rounds to be a little more um, consistent and a little better and, and just the feel of it better? Yeah, it gives me a lot more um, patience with myself, a lot more control of my mental, like, just like where my mind stays. You know, there's, you know, I think when I was younger and playing, there was a lot of right now, I need to be great right now. I need to play well today. Like this shot has to be wonderful. It was a lot of, a lot of right now. And so then when you didn't hit the shot you wanted or you made your mistakes, it was very immediately frustrating where now it's like, well, let's like, let's try to make the overall product better. Like let's make the overall tee shots and iron play and chipping and putting. Like let's make those overall an improvement every time we go out um and even the poor days like well let's look at like why did we play poor and try to like diagnose it deeper like you know like coming to find you know preparation nutrition those type of things become a very large impact before we go um you know making sure that even i work with my players on hey we have to eat better you know when we go to breakfast like we don't don't go get the cheerios and put sugar on it and go play like that's that's not going to help you like learning you know what's long-term burning you know energy and what short-term right carbs and sugars or short-term proteins and fats are long-term so we need you know when we're in in preparation for the event we need lots of proteins we need lots of good fats in our body so we have energy during the round we put carbs and sugars so that we get quick energy to maintain so like those things are important um did we sleep well did we get up early enough like it takes about three hours for your mind to fully wake up so did we wake up early enough or did we just wake up right before go to the tee and go play well now you spent half of your round just waking up so like you know those type of preparations become important and then diagnose like why what did i feel off you know did i have something going on in my personal life distracting me like all of these things and then you just learn more so if you note the entire product from the moment you know the day before two days before the week before whatever you want to look at, but you can diagnose all of these things and then try to create a deeper routine um, and then help to find where you find your distractions and your weakness and then try to plan accordingly for that. I remember when I played in college golf, I had a round and I got up and I was like ready to go and I made like a really good breakfast and I would, you know, I was running, you know, a little bit behind on leaving. I was up early enough and, you know, had enough time, but I was taking my breakfast to go and I left it on the counter and I was so mad because I got there and I was like oh no my breakfast I left like I made this really good breakfast and I left it on the counter just like there there it goes what am I gonna eat now and then I was you know struggling all day just snacks because that's all I had for the rest of the day (laughs) and I don't think we talk about that enough 
you know, that it's all a balance, you know, between your nutrition, your sleep, your just readiness all in, in, in mental state at all is affected by all those things. And I think that's a great point for both of you that you brought up is that we don't talk about that enough, that, you know, nutrition is a huge thing. And, you know, I think kids are apt to be like, okay, I, I want to sleep in, I want to sleep in, but I have this big event and I can just wake up half an hour before I get ready and go. And like you said, it takes three hours to get really motivated and really get in tune with what's going on. And it takes time to get ready. It takes time to eat. It takes time to do all those things and to just be prepared and teaching, teaching the kids how to be prepared is not only going to be great for their game, but it's going to be great for learning how to just manage in life in general. Well, just think about like within three hours, you know, you can get up and you can take your time. You know, if I give myself three hours before I have to leave, I can get up, I can journal, I can make a good breakfast, I can sit and I can stay calm, I can make sure that none of my personal things or any other things in life are going to affect this round, you know, or this game or whatever it is that I have this time to really make sure that I am completely prepared in my nutrition, you know, I'm stretched, I'm, you know, prepared and ready to go in every state every part of that balance mm -hmm. for that for the game or the round yeah good tips for sure yeah and whatever uh, you create it just needs to be a routine you know and what i always tell players is don't change your routine just because you're going into event you know that ends up putting more pressure on it so if it's something that's a routine that you know that you've become like you got to start it and you got to follow it daily you don't want it to be a routine. Like I always tell my players, well, if you don't clean your clubs the night before you play, don't do it before a tournament because that just change your routine. You've already, you've already made this event bigger than it normally would be. So the, the more that you keep it consistent, I wake up three hours, you know, in the morning I go and I do a light workout just to wake my body up. Then I go enjoy breakfast and then I sit and have my coffee, you know, somewhere quiet or now I want to walk through how I'm going to, you know, prepare for the day mentally um, then I'm going to show up and then the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go chip for 20 minutes. I'm going to hit balls for 30 minutes. I'm going to putt for another 20 and then I'm going to head to the tee 10 minutes beforehand. Having all these planned out, you know, just creates super simple routine, makes every day feel the same, makes whether it's a practice round, whether it's a, just a day playing golf or it's an event becomes the same thing. And so the more that you do that, even to well, when I finish around, if I played poorly, I want to take 20 minutes and go hit more golf balls, or I want to go putt, or I want to give myself 20 minutes of extra work to sharpen up what I didn't do well. And then I want to go home, and then I want to stretch, and then I want to eat dinner, and then I want to be in bed by X amount of time. So like the more that you have all of these things planned out, the better off you're going to be where it's not just willy nilly. You know, the worst thing is to wake up early, you're super stressed out because you boy, I don't have enough time. Well, now you don't get there early enough to do the preparation that you want. Now you get to the tee stressed out and you're like, well, I wish I had another 10 minutes to hit balls or 10 minutes to putt, or I wish I had time to eat a little bit more that like that just becomes a distraction and anything that pulls you off of your game before you even got there. So preparation and being organized and detailed before you go is super important. So how do you help your, um, your players if they are chaotic? If they don't have a structure, do you have like a form? Do you have like, how do you help them to create a routine? Um, so like practice today, you know, we we're getting ready for our, our first event. We leave on Sunday. 
So uh, getting ready to go play. First of all, we're going to play in a ton of rain. So here on the east side of Washington, we don't get much rain. So other than one player who's from the west side, they're not used to playing in rain. So yesterday uh, was really, we chatted a lot about preparation of how we play in the rain well. Um, so we looked at the weather very early in the week to know what we're getting ready for. Uh, today is windy and rainy. So today's going to be a great day for them to practice, you know, in that. I'm hoping that actually it rains about 2.30 today is what I'm hoping for. Um, but preparation in there. And then today will be about, hey, you need to have a routine. So I'll write out, you know, what I would think would be the appropriate routine. And then it becomes theirs to make. You know, I can't enforce it. Um, you know, for me, when I go to events, I'm always, you know, <laughs> we stay at hotels and they breakfast starts at 6 a.m. So I'm usually the first one down there. I like to get down there at 6 a.m. I like to eat my breakfast. I like to have time to eat casually, go for a walk and find my coffee shop, wherever it's going to be come back, you know, then the team's usually there by that point. I go up, I get ready, I come down, I'm down 20 minutes before we leave, chat with players, make sure they're all there, you know, but there was a routine last year of very last minute. I don't think we ever left the hotel on time. I don't think we had one event we left the hotel on the time that we talked about. So, you know, trying to focus on that. So we just, we walk through a mock and just try to make it important. Usually if you can get them to do it once or twice, they notice the difference and then it usually kind of falls into place it sounds like and you're leading by example too so that makes a difference as well is there is there anything else that you want to well, ask you have the other question we're we're about 20 minutes or so so we can keep going I, I think you've answered those questions already okay, just... um is there anything that you would like to put out there to anyone that's either wanting to play golf, already playing golf, wanting to make um, themselves a better, either as a coach or as a player. Or just in any sport in general. In general. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, just, you know, back to just accepting that you're on a journey and just, you know, I always like to imagine that I'm just, I'm walking down a dirt road in the jungle and there's lots of cool stuff around me that's a distraction. And, you know, I just got to keep walking my path and it's just mine and it's not anybody else's and there's nobody can judge the path that I'm going on because nobody knows, you know, where I'm at, you know, and so like I think that's important as a coach or as a player, you know, as a coach, I've, I'm walking the journey of how do I be a better coach, how do I continue to improve, um, you know, and just like even every part of your life, you know, I'm trying to be a better father, I'm trying to be a better husband, I'm trying to be better at managing my life and just, you know, accepting that, hey, we just, everything that we do, we just trying to get better we're walking a journey we're learning lessons and you know that's just really what it's about and so if you just accept it that way and give yourself patience and grace and hey i'm you know i've got a six-year-old and i still feel like i'm new to parenting i still don't know what i'm doing i still feel like i make too many mistakes and you know there's lots of that and so just always trying to feel like you can get better and give yourself patience and grace and and walk your path yeah and as a parent it's always learning. You're never going to, you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. So it's, and I still learn and you guys are all older. So, and I'm still learning how to deal with things. So um, it's a constant learning, especially being a parent and a coach and a teacher and a professional and all of it. It's just yeah. learning, like you said. So. Well, thank you, Quentin, so much yeah. for coming on and joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, I, I, we really appreciate it. Your second time on. Hopefully, maybe in another year or something, we'll, or even sooner, we'll have you come back on again. Sure. Perfect. That sounds good. We'll see see where we're at on the path. <laughs> yeah, right? Awesome. Well,
you so much. Um, thank you everybody for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe below. And we are still giving 10% of all of our workbooks and our journals to the Maui Fire Wildfire Relief Fund and the Washington State Wildfire Relief Fund. Um, so go check those out. Go get yours on there. Uh, www.letstalkpma.com. And we will see you all next week. Thank you. Thanks.